folks, do you feel like everything these days is go, go, go? It's nonstop from work to friends to family and a million pressing issues. Sometimes you just need to take a playoff and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. Hey, it's that time of year in Minnesota again to get out on the lake, go to the cabin, sit back, watch the baseball. Coors Light is the perfect refreshment to chill during these summer months. There's only one beer out there that's made to chill. The mountains on the bottles and cans turn blue when your beer is cold, and that way you know it's time to chill. Hit that reset button with some mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one you should choose when you need to unwind. When you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Hello, welcome to another episode of Purple Insider presented by Scout Logistics. Matthew Collar here, and along with me, Tyler Dunn from Go Long TV, who is now one of Substack's most popular reporters after putting out some home run articles on Aaron Rodgers, which we want to discuss because, Tyler, Vikings fans cannot get enough of watching the Packers and Aaron Rodgers fight. I mean, this is a good time to be a Vikings fan, right? You've been tortured by these two quarterbacks for, you know, an entire generation. You get one of them for a little bit, you know, come within a pass of the Super Bowl. But, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's got to be nice to have some some hope, you know, for the future there with the Vikings. I remember the last time we talked on here, it was like, what the hell are they doing kind of sticking with everybody again? But I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to rush to conclusions and, and, and change that line of thinking. I still think they probably should have hit reset, but – Hey, with Kirk Cousins, maybe you got a shot to win the division right now. Well, I, I think that that's how everyone is looking at it, is that their division chances entirely rest on Aaron Rodgers. So I wanted to talk with you also about some really cool features that you did in the lead-up to the draft on Kenny Wongwu and Amir Smith-Marset. It was sort of funny on day three of the draft. It was like, oh, Tyler wrote about this guy. Oh, Tyler <laughs> wrote about that guy. Because I, of course, subscribe to GoLongTD.com, so everyone – uh, should go check out check it out, and especially if you want um, Aaron Rodgers coverage, if you can't get enough of it. But let, let's talk about Rodgers first, and, and then we'll we'll get to that. Um, he goes on Sports Center, and he more or less says like bleep you guys, and uh, it, that was kind of incredible because usually when these beefs happen, you sort of don't hear from the guy, but now we have Aaron Rodgers basically saying. Like, I'm living my best life in Hawaii, yeah. and, you know, Instagram pictures are going out, and he's going on TV and stuff. It's it's become a very bizarre situation, Tyler. You know, my, 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 I smiled because my mind just went back to 2011, my first year on the beat. One of my best friends in Green Bay was actually one of my direct competitors, Kareem Copeland. He covered the Packers at the Green Bay Press-Gazette. And, and I can remember that year, Kareem – not just Kareem, I think the entire Press Gazette, they were banned from one-on-one interviews um, by Aaron Rodgers to talk to Aaron Rodgers because he was upset. It wasn't even them. Somebody at the Press Gazette, I think, picked up an aggregation of something that Aaron Rodgers was doing off the field. I don't even know who he was dating at the time, what was going on at the time. That I, I forget that, but he was upset that his personal life like made its way onto the website for the Press Gazette, so they were all banned from one-on-ones. Um, and now, you know, it's just Instagram and pictures from the Hawaii vacation. And it's like, he's absolutely doing that on purpose. He's putting his personal life out there 
on purpose, right when he did, when OTAs are going on, I mean, it's it's not a coincidence. So it's times have changed, I guess, for Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah, it's really interesting. That it reminds me of um, you know who Ryan Riddle is. Do you, do you know who he yeah. is? He, former NFL player, and he did some writing there. And I think right. Uh, yes. So this is the the impetus of the story is he wrote a sort of a guest feature for Bleacher Report, I think, about Aaron Rodgers and playing on the same team with him in college and what he was like. And he told some sort of funny anecdotes about how he came in as a, you know a, a freshman and everything else and how he grew and. And and it was like a nice story. It was not at all trashing Aaron Rodgers. And he said that Aaron was extremely upset that he had kind of like revealed some like semi-embarrassing moments from his early days in college. So he was very sensitive about that. And now he's just sort of throwing complete caution to the wind to fly a middle finger at the Green Bay Packers. And, you know, there's a huge there's a huge part of this that on this show I have mostly said like, well, Packers, come on, guys. But – Aaron, from this perspective, is super, super sensitive. And there is a part of you that goes, man, they put 13 and three teams on the field for you the last two years. Like you, you, yes, they should have drafted receivers for you, but man, how victimized are you if they have been in the NFC championship two years in a row? He gave an interview, and I won't say where it was, but toward the end of last season, I think it was right before the NFC championship game. And I put it in one of my stories at Go Long. But basically, Aaron Rodgers said he's learned over time not to paint himself as a victim. Like that that is, you know, things happen, they just happen was the whole point of it. You know what I mean? That he's just going to roll with it. Well, here we are, and he is really painting himself as a victim. You know, anonymously, somebody who does publicly, you know, crap on the, the anonymous sources all the time, right? Like people who want to speak freely to speak the truth uh, he is no fan of but now he's kind of doing it apparently but that's kind of like the the central theme here is that he's a victim like how dare they don't get weapons how dare they draft Jordan Love how dare they don't give him personnel control all of this stuff and I'm with you I mean this is I've, I've kind of been you know beating that dead horse for a reason but it's like this might be the best roster in the NFL he has weapons all over the place he has one of the best offensive line he Lines. He was sacked half the time that Russell Wilson was, Carson Wentz was, Deshaun Watson was. Um, he's got the freedom at the line of scrimmage. That's what he wanted all along, to be able to do whatever the hell he wants to do play to play. And it's great. He won MVP. They didn't, they didn't lose that NFC Championship game, by the way, because of a lack of weapons. They lost it because he wasn't willing to sell out at the goal line on third, third down before that decision to kick a field goal. It's like, I don't know. So that tells me that it's not – I mean, he's a smart guy, so it's, it's not about football. It's not about money. It's something bigger. It's something principled in his mind that he can't get past. And it's Brian Gutekinds. It's the GM. It's that, that that decision to draft Jordan Love and them not letting him have a seat at the table. Similar to Brett Favre, you know, back toward the end of his Green Bay tenure when he wanted more control. So I don't see a resolution here. I think when, when Aaron Rodgers is dug in, he's dug in. When you're out of his life, you're out of his life. Anything short of the GM being fired, from what I was told, is is not going to be good enough for him to come back to Green Bay. So I don't know how long the Packers fawn over him, grovel, and, and try to beg and plead and, you know, on their knees, oh, come back, Aaron Rodgers, we need you. Like, I don't think that's going to do anything. Like, get something for him. Take your picks. Take your players. Move on. Be decisive. It's June 1st, Tuesday. That's when the cap hit isn't as bad. 
We'll see. I mean, I, I haven't heard any discussions about a trade being imminent. Maybe that changes now. Right. The, the cap situation for a lot of potential trades, and this is why we see them leading up to training camp and right before, uh, instead of the draft, is usually very different. And this could go for the Vikings, too, if they um, get in a certain situation with Daniil Hunter where they feel like it can't be resolved because the cap hit changes for when you trade him after June 1st. I believe that's the case with Hunter. I would, I would have to double check. But that is the case with like Julio Jones, for sure, and, and a lot of other guys, um, especially Aaron Rodgers. So I look at it as you're kind of both wrong. Like Matt, even Matt LaFleur, you should have let Aaron Rodgers take his shot at the goal line as opposed to kicking a field goal and then never touching the ball again. You should have got him another wide receiver. Like wide receiver two is uh, what? Like Alan Lazard or something? I mean, it's hey, Mark Westhouse-Scanling. He's okay. He's okay. But, you know, if you're trading up to draft a quarterback at the end of the first round and then getting a running back in the second round, and then this year when you got your chance to even draft some exciting wide receivers at the end of the first, you're still taking a cornerback. Like there's, there's very much from their side, this vibe of like, we are the organization and you, and, and you're the player and we're the management and you're the employee. And I do feel like there's something that that's a little broader here of players wanting more control over their situations that the NFL better adapt to, or we're going to end up with a lot of Aaron Rodgers and Stefan Diggs types of situations um, or you're just going to end up with a lot of unhappy players holding out to be traded. If teams don't recognize that you're superstars, it's really like 5% of the league that drives the league. The NBA guys figured this out. The NBA, the NFL players have figured this out. And I feel like Rogers kind of goes in that bucket. I agree with your premise here. Totally. I, I think that the unhappy star player is here to stay and teams do have to bring that player in the room and have more conversations. You mentioned Stefan Diggs. The Vikings weren't willing to have those conversations. He's out. I just feel like this is different though with Aaron Rodgers. I think we do have to look at all of these cases on their own merit. And with Aaron Rodgers, like if anybody should understand why you would draft a quarterback, you know, a year or two before you need one, it's him. Like he, Ted Thompson was on his side, and Ted Thompson stuck to his guns and believed in Aaron Rodgers, even when Brett Favre tried like hell to come back after leading the Packers to the NFC Championship in 07. I mean, I think it was overwhelmingly pro-Favre in Green Bay then when Favre wanted to come back. Remember, unlike Rodgers kind of being vague and cryptic with Kenny Mayne, Brett Favre went on Greta Van so- – what was it? Yeah, on Fox News. He went on there and said – exactly how he felt, and fans saw exactly how he felt, and they were on his side. He wanted back in. Aaron Rodgers wants out. He's being kind of cryptic. But if anybody should understand why they take a quarterback, it's him, because Green Bay isn't going to be picking in the top ten, let alone the top five with an Aaron Rodgers. You're not going to have a shot at those top-tier quarterbacks to kind of move into the next era. Like, if you think Jordan Love – I mean, it all comes down to Jordan Love, but if you think that he is – you know, if he's got a shot, if he's got potential, he's got this big arm, this athleticism, he's got a he's got a chance to be your quarterback for a dozen years. You take him, like because you're not you might not have that shot very often with where you pick year in and year out. Um, and then yeah, you 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 want to develop him for a couple of years. So that concept, if anybody should understand, it's Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know. I, I guess it's in the eye of the beholder. I feel like he has weapons. He's got the freedom at the line of scrimmage. He has everything he wants. What? 
his, the roots of his unhappiness, unless there's something that happened that we don't know about, I don't get it. Like, it's it's not too different in Green Bay. I mean, yeah, the GM picks the players, the coaches coach, the players play. And thank God Aaron Rodgers isn't the co-GM. Otherwise, Jordy Nelson would have stuck around two more years. I mean, they let him go at the perfect time. He went to the Raiders and was terrible. He wasn't good. I think his yards after catch was like 1.5, something insane. He was done. Um, Jay Kumaro had one catch after Green Bay cut him. Like, he was legitimately upset about the Packers cutting Jay Kumaro. He's a fringe NFL player that isn't very good. Yeah, so he, in an interview, he said how great he was, and then they let him go the next day. Tough. It's the NFL. It's tough. Like, I don't know. I, I think that there's a reason that GMs are in the position they're in, players are in the position they're in, and, yeah, if that player's unhappy, you should listen to that player, but only if it makes sense and, and it's based on logic and truth and merit, and, and I feel like Aaron Rodgers' situation isn't based on any of that. It's insane what he's upset about. I think. I mean, I I don't know. I think it's it's a great team. They're in a good spot. And hey, Michael Jordan. I'm a Charlotte Hornets fan. He's he's awful running a team. That the best player ever can't run a sports team. So they're two different jobs. <laughs> no, the, yeah, no, that's for sure. Uh, I guess I look at it, and this is where again Vikings fans get, could take great joy in it. As you're both kind of wrong, but you're definitely wrong in not communicating that you were going to draft a quarterback to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, there, I think, I mentioned this before on the show, but like even Andy Dalton got that respect from the Chicago Bears. <laughs> and, and he's not even a Chicago Bear yet. Like He hasn't even officially made the Chicago Bears, and they're already saying, hey, man, we might draft a quarterback, to which Andy Dalton must have gone like, eh, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, but and, and here's Aaron Rodgers thinking that they're going to sort of push the chips to the middle of the table after going 13 and three on him. He, you know, still was very, very good in 2019. And so you could see his perspective of thinking, okay, no one told me we're going to draft quarterback, so we must be trying to get Justin Jefferson, who he really loved. And the Jordy Nelson thing, yeah. But you know what this really sounds like to me is just that somebody who has been the franchise, and he's right. I mean, you take Aaron Rodgers off the team and put an average quarterback, you aren't winning half what you've won, especially with Mike McCarthy in some of those years from, from Rodgers. So he knows he's the most valuable player. He knows how intelligent he is. This is not lost on him. He's not... I'm just a football player. You know, he wants that. And so to not communicate, hey, we're going to do some of these things, I think you can understand where he's coming from with that frustration. Now, here's the interesting part, though, is so you have this and, uh, you know, maybe when your second kid comes along and maybe 10 years from now when they're both little people, you know, you'll have these conflicts and you'll say, hey, two wrongs don't make a right, little little children. So and then this is what like it doesn't get you anywhere for either one of these sides. I mean, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you're foregoing another chance at the Super Bowl and Brady's a year older, Breeze is out of the league, like the NFC is up for grabs and you're just saying, "Oh, okay, I'm going to go beyond jeopardy." And if you're and if you're them, like I mean, yes, they publicly are trying to like reach out to him, but you've sort of manipulated your way out of Aaron Rodgers over Jay Kumaro. See, I kind of look at it the other way of like, okay, if Aaron Rodgers wants Jay Kumaro, he could freaking have him. Like, who, <laughs> like, why is it important to me to cut Jay Kumaro if my guy likes him? You know what I mean? So there's there's different ways that you can look at it. You're right, but I think that even as right, they, they say they they let him have Jay Kumaro, I think we're still in the same spot. 
you know, because of the George. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying this went this kid down to Jay Cooper. But, and he, I think even if they would have communicated this to Aaron Rodgers before that 2020 draft, we're still in the same spot. If they do take a quarterback, they they could have, you know, taken Aaron Rodgers out to Chives in Swamico, Wisconsin, and bought him the biggest ribeye steak you'd ever want there. And I, it wouldn't have mattered. Like, it, they, they still drafted a quarterback. You mentioned Justin Jefferson, and I know Ian Rappaport reported this. I've heard the same exact thing that the Packers wanted Justin Jefferson. Like they, that that's who they were targeting, and the Vikings take him. I mean, like a, some some good luck for the Vikings there. A stroke of good fortune after many years of not having good fortune when it comes to the Green Bay Packers. Um, so they take Jordan Love. Maybe they, yeah. I mean, they absolutely were considering a quarterback up to that draft. I mean, I know Matt Lafleur had long conversations with David Yost, um, the Utah State OC. Um, Obviously, Brian Gutekunst, it was a Gutekunst pick. He had the final say. And, yeah, I think that maybe LaFleur's fingerprints were on the, the selection, but it was Gutekunst that had that say. So that, so to your point, they did know. Maybe they should have let Aaron Rodgers know. I just feel like given his personality that, A, he, he it wouldn't have mattered. We'd still be sitting here talking about him wanting to get the hell out of Green Bay. B, this is just me kind of shooting from the hip, I guess. Maybe Aaron Rodgers tries to sabotage that draft selection, right? I mean, we're seeing him work that that messaging and that PR game pretty hard right now. Um, he's, you know, we've got the four former players coming out on his behalf. We've got the Kenny Main sit down. There's there's a lot going on. He's he's trying. It's right. I think that's what's go, been going on this whole month. It's it's his battle um, in the court of public opinion and him. Those fans were pissed off when they saw that Gutekunst report in Yahoo. And maybe he wasn't expecting that. And so since then, it's been trying to get back in their good graces. And I think he's been pretty successful at that. So for somebody who cares deeply about what people think of him, somebody that cares deeply about, you know, the uh, the narrative of his life, of his career, if he hears that they're thinking about drafting a quarterback, by God, I mean, that, that I think that's getting leaked out. I think that hurts Green Bay's chances at drafting a quarterback. And... Then you, if you're Green Bay and you know that personality, you know how Aaron Rodgers is wired, you're probably not going to say something to him then, right? I mean, we've got to read into it because nobody's just going to talk about this openly, but I think right. it's a real possibility. Yeah, and your point that Rodgers is just so much like this that he's going to be slighted no matter what I think is a totally fair point, and that has been his personality for his entire career. Uh, one thing I'd like to ask when this comes up to my guests that I'm discussing it with is, are you a grudge holder, Tyler? Are are you like Aaron Rodgers? Because maybe I apologize a little for Rodgers in this because I know that I'm like this. Like I <laughs> I absolutely am an elite grudge holder. And uh, I are you, you our entire family, Matt? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> not okay. Maybe not. Cut out. Yeah, we. Yeah, that 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 might be on the aggressive side. So maybe elite uh, for myself is too much. But uh, are, are you are you a grudge holder? No, I don't think so. You know, I don't know. I mean, I'm competitive. You know, we both played sports back in the day. Hey, you know, if you played back in high school, you want to stick it to somebody. There's that com- those competitive juices get going. But uh, I'm just thinking of that Packers story I did at Bleacher Report. And, uh, man, after Aaron Rodgers, you know, chatted with his, his friend there and broke the story down, and, and I had a lot of fans coming after me, I just, I don't know, I just turned off Twitter for a week. I just pretended like it wasn't there and – Turned it back on briefly. Saw somebody tell me I should kill myself. Turned it back off. 
you know, I, I didn't, I didn't care, honestly. I nothing really phased me in that moment. And it was, it's funny that a couple of weeks ago, a lot of those same fans have been DMing me and sending me tweets and apologizing for things they said to me back then. And I'm literally telling them, look, I, I understand the passion of the Packer fan. It's why the job out there was so fun at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Hell, I was a Packer fan as a kid. I mean, me and my dad, we went to Lambeau every other year. I get it. I get that that passion is real. It's raw. It's different. So I wasn't going to hold a grudge and say, you know what, F you. You're the one that told me to find a rope in my basement and hang myself. <laughs> like, I then thought never crossed my mind. <laughs> mm, yeah, you and I have different reactions to that sort of thing. Uh, just so anybody knows, if you tweet me stuff like that, you're getting blocked. <laughs> so, yeah, so when that happens and people are – and the truth is out, are you just – Oh, I don't. Stuffing it in people's faces? Oh, I don't. It's like, <laughs> oh, who, if only someone had been telling you this – if only someone was inside the locker room and knows the man and would have been trying to explain what the problem was. Yeah, I do that. I am that guy for sure. Hey, I, I get it. I felt that temptation a little bit, but I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess uh, I'm, I'm not on a high horse. I, 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 I think that's awesome. I just I couldn't have that reaction. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Well, you are a lot more chill than me, so I guess maybe that's why I apologize for Aaron Rodgers for being mad at his GM. Plus, I well here in Minnesota to some extent got along with some management, but uh, certainly did not always in other employment that I had in my life. So I get that too. <laughs> I guess when you're mad at management because you feel mistreated, I get it. And here here we are doing our own thing now. Right? That's right. That's right. Hey, Aaron. Podcast, man. Substack. Hey, like, he should start a Substack. You know what? He can have all the personnel control he wants running a Substack. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We don't uh, We don't need him. his competitiveness taken away from our Substack. So, that's true. Um, that's true. So uh, let's you know put a bow on that part of it by just asking the question that needs to be asked is where does Aaron Rodgers play football this year? Because it doesn't seem to me like the guy's not going to play football, right? Like he – He's he's not going to do this Hawaii thing forever. This is cute now, but he's going to play for someone, right? Man, because I think Green Bay is willing to take it to that point um, of, all right, Aaron, we believe you want to play football, like, and you're under contract for three more years. We've offered you more money than any quarterback makes in the NFL. Like, they, we, we built this team around you. Like, this is where you're going to play. Is he willing to take it to that point of leverage of, I am okay sitting out the entire 2021 NFL season? Uh, I think he is. I, it's a gut feeling more than anything. I think that Aaron Rodgers would be okay chilling for a year, doing game show stuff, you know, being this lovable, rogue, free spirit, you know, that's where, I mean, we're going to see him. He'll be on TV. He'll do different things. Uh, I, I feel like he would. I mean, he's just different enough. He's a different cat. Like he, I think he would. He would be willing to miss football games and lose millions of dollars because he has millions of dollars. Like I've had players on the Packers roster reach out to me and say, "Look, he doesn't care about money. He bought a house in cash. Like he is okay. Like he, if he's this dug in, whatever, fine. Um, so that is inconsequential." Um, clearly he, the football doesn't matter. I mean, if he's, if he cared about, I should say winning doesn't, if he cared about winning, he would just show up because he's got a great team there. So I don't know. I think he would gut feeling more than anything. Hmm. And if that's the case, 
And Brian Gutekunst is the GM. Matt LaFleur is the head coach. Mark Murphy, the team president. They know that. They should know how he's wired, how different he is. And you, I think you want to get something for him, right? Like, why would you force somebody to play that absolutely doesn't want to be there? You're welcoming a whole host of issues and controversies and, and drama throughout the course of the season. I mean, it would make 2018 look like child's play. It'd make those Jerry Krause texts look like nothing. Like, it could get really ugly really fast. Just trade him. That's why I wrote it at Go Long. Like, take your picks. Take your players. Rebuild for the future. It doesn't have to be apocalyptic and gloomy and doomy. And Jordan Love might be good. He might. And you've got a really good team. So don't be scared of it. They weren't scared of it back in 2008, and things worked out okay. Folks, if you are pumped up about how the Vikings did in the draft and now the schedule's out, it is a great time to get yourself a Skull Flag or Bud Grant shirt. And, of course, there's much, much more if you go to SodaStick.com, S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K.com. Check them all out. And if you use the promo code PURPLEINSIDER, you can get free shipping on all your original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. And if you're ready for the summer months, we're going to have hockey playoffs so you can get your dollar bill krill shirts. And if you're a golfer, you have to see the Minnesota golf hats. They are classic. All of Soda Sticks apparel is screen printed here in Minnesota on super soft, super comfy shirts and hoodies. You will love it. Follow them, Soda Stick Co. on Twitter. Go to SodaStick.com for your original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. Code Purple Insider for free shipping. Hey everyone, anybody who listens to the show knows that Sam and I may not be scratch golfers, but we love to have a great time playing golf. And that's why we have partnered with Birdie Golf in Woodbury. Birdie Golf is hands down the best indoor golf experience you will ever have. There are eight of the world's best golf simulators where you can sharpen your swing and luckily for us, never lose a ball. But it's not just for hardcore golfers. Birdie Golf is for everyone. Bring the family, play arcade style games while dining on great food in an upscale and comfortable environment. They have private bays for social distancing, a luxury lounge for private events, outdoor patio, and scratch kitchen. You'll want to try the whiskey or beer float flights and the best boneless wings in the metro. Make golf a night out or the place to hold parties, events, fundraisers, even your fantasy football draft. Check out Birdie Golf at 494 in Valley Creek in Woodbury, just a short drive from anywhere in the Twin Cities metro, and at birdiegolf.com, or you could call 651-998-2200 today. I'll see you there. And I felt that way on draft night that they made a huge mistake if the 49ers were willing to give them the third overall pick. And I don't know that they were, but if they were, then you made a huge mistake, I think. Because, look, I mean, Jordan Love, who knows? And he's not that great of a prospect. But Justin Fields or Trey Lance or, I mean, even Mac Jones, but especially the other two, I mean, you're talking about uh, guys who transform organizations in terms of their talent. Uh, Jordan Love, a late first round pick. Not many of those tend to work out. Uh, But if you could have made that deal, now the deal's not as good. Like maybe you get Teddy Bridgewater back, which is a Viking fan nightmare. uh, And you get, you know, a couple of first round picks for the future or a player thrown in there. It's not as good as getting your like guaranteed next franchise quarterback to work with if it was Justin Fields or Trey Lance, whoever they would have preferred. And so I wonder if they're now sort of kicking themselves like, ah, we thought that Aaron was just kind of messing with us, but now he's actually for real. He's not coming back. And we've foregoed the opportunity to get, you know, like the number three overall pick. Totally. 
Or if you do believe in Jordan Love, guess what? You can pick any player you want that isn't a quarterback. Like right. Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, I don't know. Like Sewell, you know, if you want another lineman, you could – Kyle Pitts could have gone in a million different directions. So I hear you. Like it, it, I, I thought like that – and, hey, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't an accident that that bombshell kind of drops. I don't know. Not to get all conspiracy theory, but like – a lot of people watching the draft, kind of waiting for that thing to happen. You know what I mean? Like, there, there's that. There's Aaron Rodgers wanting to be in the headlines. I think that could have been a thing. I don't know. However you slice it, we were all watching the NFL draft, wondering what Aaron Rodgers' future was going to look like. And, yeah, I mean, to, to get that pick then, because obviously if you do trade him now to a Denver, to a Vegas, they're probably going to be good. They'll, they'll make the playoffs. The pick isn't going to look as great at that point. Well, the Raiders are such a dysfunctional cluster, you know what, that maybe they would just be bad even with Aaron Rodgers. You know, yeah, it's after, possible. It's John possible. Gruden and Mike Mayock are objectively just awful. So yes, maybe. yeah, though no, they are. Uh, and that's um, that's that would be my pick though if I were the Packers. Like, give us Derek yeah. Carr back, and because I, I think that that's like a twelve win team with Derek Carr because they are so good and he's a good quarterback. Um, so if I'm them, that's what I'm going for, not trying to get future draft picks because their cap situation is not really set up for 2025 or something like that. Um, so, yeah, and you mentioned the the source game and when things come out and so forth. That's when we retire our Substacks, we'll do a podcast as geezers and sort of explain to everybody how that stuff works. But uh, oh uh, that's that would be – that would be a long podcast, but um, let's talk about real quick. Uh, Kenny Wangwu, Amir Smith, Marset. You wrote features about both of them, and uh, then the Vikings take both of them. So with uh, with Wangwu, he comes across to me like just a, a very very bright guy. Like one of the reasons that the Vikings will draft somebody is, of course, he's really fast. But character and, and the, the player's makeup and intelligence, it really, really matters to Mike Zimmer. And I think with him, that was something that really stuck out. So tell me what you learned about Kenny Wongwu when uh, you did your feature on him. Well, well, clearly, though, Mike Zimmer subscribed to go long um, after we had that Viking story Obviously. earlier in the year. I was blown away by him. And, and I get, you know, we both talk to a lot of players all the time and, in that kind of setting. And it was granted it was a Zoom, it wasn't in person, but we talked for a good hour. So impressive of a human being, number one. I mean, you he's got it together. I mean, you're you're talking about somebody whose family emigrated over, I believe from, from Nigeria, and just really valued education. And like his his mom didn't even really want him playing football because it's like schoolwork number one, your grades gotta be good. Even into college, it's like, all right, this football stuff's all fine and dandy, but like how your grades doing? Um, I just think that structure was really kind of gave, put a good good head on his shoulders. And as a player, I mean, he's the fastest running back in the draft. I mean, he he gets from point A to point B in a hurry, and you see it on those highlights. I really do think it was just a lot of bad luck. I mean, that's why he wasn't ever the the number one guy at Iowa State. He comes in as that top recruit in Matt Campbell's recruiting class, and you know has the torn Achilles. I mean, I can't imagine. It just sounds like the worst possible injury anybody could have. And and so you basically your superpower is taken away for a good year. You're going around Ames, Iowa on a freaking scooter wondering what the hell did I get myself into. And he just really rededicated himself to the game, to appreciating just the opportunity to go lift weights, to go run. 
and, and it, it could sound corny, it could sound cliche, but it's it's real for him. And whenever he did have a shot, especially that last season, you know, returning kicks and and just you know getting the ball a couple times a game if he was lucky. I mean, he took it to the house. I mean, he did something magical with it. He's got unbelievable speed. So yeah, I mean, part of the bad luck too is when he tears that Achilles. David Montgomery breaks onto the scene, and then I believe what Bryce Hall breaks onto the scene. So. I mean, those are two of the best backs in college football, which is hard for him to get a role. I think that the Vikings, we spent a lot of time on here kind of poking fun at mistakes. I give them a lot of credit for targeting really the true hidden gem in this draft class. I mean, somebody who could blow up in the NFL, has a a very NFL-ready game. Taking him in the fourth round, I loved it. I I think they got a steal. Now, will he touch the football with uh, Delvin Cook in the backfield, I guess is the question. And, and with running backs, the weird thing there is, and I just wonder about opportunity here. It's like with every other position, you could say, well, you know, if he plays in like a year or two, that's okay. Running backs, it's sort of like that clock is ticking. And uh, I, I wonder how this plays out if they start using him as a weapon, if he can earn that spot because, you know, Everyone impresses us in college, and then it's training camp where we start to figure it out. Um, and the unfortunate part, Tyler, and you and I grew up in, in the same era, is like kick returning. It's just not a thing anymore. I know. And it's, it's so sad. It's so unfortunate. The Vikings are still drafting a kick returner, but it's just not a thing. I know, and it's so depressing. I mean, that was such an exciting play. And I know they've got all kinds of studies, and you know, the concussion awareness is a big thing. I don't know. I feel like there's other ways to – play up to safety in the NFL instead of taking away such an exciting play that doesn't really exist to an extent. So how do you use all that speed? You know, his, his hands, we don't really know. They didn't use him as a receiver at all. Like he had, what, less than 10 catches, I think, in his career. So you don't know what you have there. They've got to find a way to use him. I mean, that's the challenge now is you, you, you've you got this talent. You've got this speed. How do you incorporate that into your offense? And – I think that is the case with so many teams around the NFL. I mean, we just had a big story on Lynn Bowden Jr. at Kentucky, maybe the most electrifying player in college football, just tore it up as his option quarterback. I mean, power runs, zone runs. Before that, he was a slot receiver that caught 70 balls the year before. And the Raiders didn't know how to use him. I mean, they, they bring him in as a running back. They have him in pass protection, and they give up on the guy as a player, as a person. A whole lot going on there. But we see this every year, I think, in the draft. All right. This team took this kind of talent, this guy who's got this gift, this, this special ability to do something that's that's rare. How does that work in the NFL? I think if the Vikings truly look at this as trickle down, I'm sorry, trickle up from the college level and that, all right, whatever he did at Iowa State that worked, let's put that into our playbook. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. That they'll reap the rewards one way or another. Hey everyone, I want to tell you about our friends at Scout Logistics, and I really do mean it when I say friends. They are fans of Purple Insider over at Scout Logistics, and since they reached out wanting to support this show, I want to tell you about what they do. Scout Logistics is just-in-time transportation for full tractor-trailer loads, and if you're wondering what that means exactly... 
Well, if you own or work for a company that needs shipping solutions, they are the preferred carrier of Fortune 500 companies across North America, and we have quite a few of those in Minnesota, right? They can ship perishable, non-perishable, FTL or LPL, and they have on-time delivery rate of over 99%. So, if you're like them and you enjoy the show and you have shipping needs, check out ScoutLogistics.com or call 855-217-2688, extension 232, to connect with them directly to find out how Scout Logistics can minimize risk and overperform and go the extra mile for your company. Yeah, and I think this is one area where I would be reasonably skeptical based on recent uh, usage of offensive weapons. I mean, this is a team that refused to give Cordero Patterson the ball or or put him on the field even. And then he goes to New England and they're using him all over the field and he's part of a Super Bowl team. And so even Mike Zimmer admitted we didn't use him right. But then they had other players like that the last couple of years. So I'll be interested if they find a way to use him. And I guess for his sake, I hope they didn't draft him as a kick returner because then he's going to touch the ball like 20 times, unfortunately. The XFL kickoff is the answer. I wrote this – one of my first feature articles of Purple Insider was writing about the XFL kickoff. Uh, So Uh, Amir Amir Smith-Marset, my first impression of him, because you also wrote a feature on him, uh, was just that he's a very, very confident – player. And the other part of it is I've been sort of fascinated by how many people who are very smart football people were kind of banging the table for him, despite the fact that he was a fifth round pick. And then when I see him though, when I see him in person, I get it because he looks like high school me in terms of being, you know, skinny. And that's always a little bit tough if you're not Devante Smith. So uh, what do we know about Amir Smith-Marset? Well, I didn't get a chance to to catch the conference call or, or you guys' conversation with him. Did the water polo stuff come up at all? Yes, yes, did it? yes, yes, yes. Yeah, we had. I, I'm sure that people saw your feature and and asked them about the water polo thing. That I, I'm just trying to think back to our conversation. That blew me away. You don't really hear that often. He loved playing water polo his his whole life. I mean, he got into swimming at a young age and. He said, like, you know, underneath the water, it's just madness, the kicking and the punching. But his thing was being sneaky. You know, he'd dive under the water and he'd pop up somewhere else where nobody expected. Um, So that was kind of cool. But I just think, you know, in Iowa, he wasn't – I mean, it's easy to say it now as a player. I get it. I wasn't used properly. But he didn't really come out and bash Iowa. It kind of came up organically in that here's a team and a coach, Kirk Ferentz, the longest-tenured coach in college football – it's going to operate a certain way. They're going to have those corn-fed linemen. They're going to run the ball. They're not going to do anything too creative. If you're a, an Amir Smith-Marset that has speed, athleticism, probably not going to be able to showcase it much. And he still did. Like, he still had some games there where he blew up. I mean, that USC game, mm-hmm. holy cow. I mean, you could see it. it, it it's a rare, rare gear that he has. So it, it's a bit of a gamble, right? I mean, because he didn't put up good numbers, but it wasn't like the other receivers across the nation that did have those opportunities had. So can, can he bring that to the Minnesota Vikings? I mean, that's that's a heck of a story. I mean, you just kind of laid it out, Matt. This team that historically hasn't been able to be at the cutting edge of offensive football and think forward that they, you know, they want to bring it back to 1965 like Kirk Ferentz does. Are they going to use these talented, athletic, fast dudes? I don't know. I mean, they, I think they took the right players, but 
now the fun kind of begins. Yeah, and that will be the challenge of Clint Kubiak. I'm skeptical of whether the offense changes a whole lot under Clint Kubiak from Gary Kubiak, but uh, he'll have that opportunity. Okay, let's just just wrap on this one because uh, your daughter has slept long enough for us to go this far. (laughs) I'm I'm checking in on her. She just turned over, and we'll see. Sometimes it just means she's going to sleep a little bit more. (laughs) Okay, well, it won't take you that long to answer this question. Uh, I had a very long conversation on the last podcast episode about Mike Zimmer's job status because bet online, uh, you know, odds makers have him as the fifth most likely coach to be fired. And your first piece you ever wrote at go long TD was a huge breakdown of Mike Zimmer and kind of his relationships and the push and pull of how he can sometimes uh, rub people the wrong way is maybe being polite about it. And, but uh, is also a very talented head coach who sets a bar for you of professionalism that the likes of Matt Patricia don't necessarily do that. So just before we wrap up, give me sort of your thought on him being named uh, by the odds makers as one of the most likely coaches to be fired. Surprising. You know, I think, and we've talked about this, I think ownership values continuity. You know, they, they want to have guys. I mean, we see it. It's been, been this way for a long time. I mean, GM's in place, head coaches in place. I think anything short of them just completely bottoming out, I'd be surprised if they were fired. You never know. Um, but say Aaron Rodgers does leave the NFC North, the pressure is going to be on Mike Zimmer. And mm-hmm. if they don't win the division, given the Detroit Lions are clearly in a total rebuild and the Chicago Bears are, I mean, I, I guess it's still some veterans, but they're going to be trotting out a rookie quarterback. If you don't win the division, like, I, I mean, if you're a 7-9 to nine team again, I think he's got to go. I, I, I would think that the ownership would wake up at that point and be like, all right, we got to make some big-time changes around here because what we have just isn't working. Yep, I agree with the Rodgers point of playing into it. You really better win the North. It, the other team's got a rookie quarterback. Yep. Right. The, the the Detroit Lions are completely rebuilding. You have to win it if it's Jordan Love as the quarterback. So uh, go long TD, Tyler Dunn. Uh, you do the best features out there. You do uh, a Friday happy hour where sometimes Richie Incognito shows up, another, which I need you to ask about him calling Mike Zimmer a liar uh, two years Ooh. ago. There was a little bit of friction there. And I forgot about that. That's right. And the funny thing is, he went to Oakland, or I'm sorry, Las Vegas, and was great. And the Vikings really could have used the left guard. So maybe <laughs> maybe they should have worked it out with Richie Incognito. I'm just saying. But uh, you do incredible work. And uh, I mentioned I'm, I'm a subscriber to Go Long TD. So people should go check it out. And thanks for your time, man. We'll get together again soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much for the plug. We're hoping to get Kanae on there soon for a happy hour as well. So uh, some Viking fans could hang out with him when they subscribe. All right. Excellent. Thanks, man. Thank you.